Welcome back to our series uh, called In It to Win It. And uh, over the last several weeks, we've been talking about what does it really look like to live this victorious life? Again, it's funny because we throw that phrase around in our Christian, you know, verbiage, but we don't always understand, well, what does it really mean to be an overcomer or to live victoriously? And so I've been trying to unpack that over the last several weeks, saying these are some of the things that I found in my own life and with other people that we struggle in overcoming. We talked about overcoming disappointment. We talked about overcoming guilt. talked about overcoming mediocrity and how do we live a life life that's really meaningful. And last week, we talked about winning over, over worry, being able to do that. Today, I want to talk about uh, a topic that I know probably none of you uh, actually struggle with, but a lot of the world does. I want to talk about temptation today. Nobody in this room struggles with temptation, do you? Yeah, no, come on. It's just us. This is church. Great place to confess. How many of you be honest enough to admit you, you have to struggle with temptation from time to time? Yeah, how many of you? This week, this morning, since you've been in service, <laughs> you've been, I know some of your parents have been thinking, you know, you've been tempted to bop somebody beside you. I know, I know you've been tempted. Well, I want to I talk about that because when we talk about all of these things that we need to overcome, this was one of them that I thought about. You know, we often, we often don't talk about, so how do we really have victory over temptation? How do you deal with temptation when it comes your way? Um, I, I love the story I, I read about a guy who, um, he was uh, very overweight, and so he decided he, he really wanted to lose weight, and so he, he told his family, and he told his friends at work, uh, you know, I'm going to lose this weight, and so they were all saying, you know, you can do this, you can do this, and he was talking about one of the things he had to, he had to overcome was sweets. He loved sweets. I'm a sweet person. Anybody else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just love sweets. In fact, he loved, he loved donuts and baked goods and all of that kind of stuff. And on his way to work every day, he had to go, he went right by his favorite bakery. And so he was always stopping and, and bringing something to work. And so he decided that if, if I'm really going to do this, I've got to, I've got to go, I've got to go a different, I've got to go a different route. And so every day he would go a different route to work. Well, sure enough, first few weeks he, he did really fine. Uh, but then one day he walks into work and he's carrying this huge, delicious looking coffee cake. And all of his fellow workers are looking at him and they're going, dude, what are, you, what are you doing? And he said, I couldn't help it. And he said, what do you mean you couldn't help it? He said, well, he said, I was on my way to work today. And he said, and they had the road blocked. And so they gave, sent me on a detour. And he said, don't you know, the detour took me right past my favorite bakery. And I thought to myself, could this be of God? And, and he said, so as I'm driving, he said, I started praying. And he said, Lord, he goes, Lord, if you want me to get something from the bakery today, let there be a parking place open right in front of the bakery. And he said, and would you believe it, on my eighth time around the block, there was a parking place open. Yeah. Some of you will get about two o'clock. That'll kick in for some, some of you. Well, I, I somehow, you know, sometimes I think that's kind of the approach that we, we take with temptation. And yet... I think, with God's help, we can overcome. Um, I, I want to I give you just a couple of thoughts before we jump into to the scripture and the message. One, I want you to understand that uh, temptation is not sin. Jesus was tempted. 
You know, if you go to Luke chapter 4, you can read the story of how the enemy tempted Jesus with with various things and wanting him to surrender authority and wanting him to give in to his appetites and desires and all that kind of stuff. And I want you to understand, and the reason I say that is because there are those of us who who just feel like if we have a pull towards something or there's something, you know, that we we know we shouldn't want or do and we feel a pull toward it, that that's the sin. No, 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 no. That's just just part of being human. Uh, You know, that, that. But here's what I believe. Just as Christ overcame temptation, that spirit of Christ lives in us who have surrendered our lives to him. And if Jesus can be victorious over temptation, I believe that we can too. And that's what I want to I talk about. And today what I want to do is uh, not beat you up about the temptations that you're dealing with. What I want to do today is I want to give you some thoughts and ideas and strategies on how can you prepare yourself for the temptations you're going to face and how can you truly walk into victory that God wants to give you. Are you ready? I want you to look with me at a passage of Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul was talking to the Corinthian church Uh, Actually, he was talking to them about the Israelites and the 40 years that they spent in the wilderness. And Paul was just kind of saying, you know, you don't want to live like this. You don't want to be like these guys. You don't want to live defeated lives. And so he said, "Let, let me talk to you about how you can live a victorious life when it comes to temptation. And here's what he says, uh, beginning at verse 11. He says, these things that happened to them, the, the Israelites, um, they ha- these things happened to them as examples for us. He said, they were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. So if you think you're standing strong, what should you do? Be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And you know what? God is faithful. God is faithful. And he will not allow the temptations to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Now, I want to I want to go back. I want to kind of unpack the scripture a little bit for you because in here, I think Paul gives us some absolute gems of things that can arm us to deal with temptation. Are you ready? Here we go. Here's the first one. Learn from the falls and the failures of others. Learn from the falls and the failures of others. Look at, the, look at what the scripture says. Look at what Paul says. 1 Corinthians 10, 11. Read it out loud with me. These things happened to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. In other words, Paul's saying, why do you think God recorded these stories? Why do you think God had these writers preserve these things? He said they were serving as examples for us so that we wouldn't do the same things they did. Now, again, repeat out loud after me. I don't have to make every mistake myself. Let's do that again. Repeat after me. I don't have to make every mistake myself. In fact, one of, the, one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself is to be able to look around and go, I want to just kind of take inventory of all the stupid stuff around me so that I can learn from it. I put, this, I put this statement on your outline. I wrote this in my notes, and I said, you know, wisdom is often best gained by letting other people make mistakes for you. Now, what's amazing is how in our human nature 
we so often ignore that. And even though we, we see people do stupid stuff, for some reason we feel like we can do it and not deal with the same consequences or penalties or whatever that, that they did. And we're fooling ourselves. Um, I, this is, you, this, you'll get this. This is just classic human nature. Throw that picture up on the screen. How many of you have ever been to Yellowstone? Anybody ever been to Yellowstone? Next part. Beautiful, beautiful place. Lots of wild animals there. Uh, but they, you see these warning signs at Yellowstone. It says, think safely, act safely. Yellowstone is a dangerous place. Animals are dangerous. Well, duh. I mean, you, you would think <coughs> that that would be a fairly simple, straightforward understanding. But do you know how many people don't get that? Do you know how many people every single year at Yellowstone, even though, I mean, look at that picture. A, a second grader can look at that picture and go, wow, there's a buffalo throwing a guy. I don't think I want that to be me, you know? But yet, how many people, you know, just ignore the warning and just decide, you know, I want to I get up close and personal. In fact, throw that next picture up on the screen. There you go. I think cell phones are a curse of the enemy. Because now, now that we've got cameras with us everywhere we go, we think we got to take pictures of everything that we see, and we got to get up close. And you see this picture of these gals getting close to this. Do you have any idea what that buffalo could do to them? How badly it could hurt them, and yet they, they, how close do you have to get to go, that's a really big animal I don't think I want to mess with, you know? But you see this kind of thing go on all the time in spite of the warnings. I, I, want, to, I want to show you a, a, a video clip. Some of you may have seen this in the news a year or two ago uh, of, of a guy who was flirting with his luck along that line. Play that, play that video clip for now, me, would you? With a summer vacation warning, but... Is this really a warning? Did you need oh, no. to be told that this is not a good idea to taunt a bison in the middle of Yellowstone National Park? ABC's Gio Benitez is here. I don't know about you, Gio, but uh, I definitely don't need that warning. Yeah, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, Amy. Good morning to you. Listen, dozens of people are injured by wild animals every year. Despite the warnings to keep your distance, people are getting up close and personal with these animals, dramatically underestimating their strength especially that guy in this video. You can hear its power and see its size. A bison walking right on the road at Yellowstone National Park. But look closer. A man has gotten out of his car and starts taunting the massive animal. People watching in horror. Oh no, oh no, oh no. And if that wasn't enough of a close call, he taunts the bison some more. Oh God, no, no, I can't watch it. Remarkably, the man escapes uninjured and begins walking away. The bison loses interest and doesn't turn back. It's a dangerous game. Just this June, a 59-year-old woman from California was gored by a bison at Yellowstone. She was among a crowd that got too close. She survived. And that same week, two other people were attacked by elk. Experts warning, if animals are taunted, they may strike back. These are not Elsie the cow. This is a wild animal that fights for aggression, fights for territory. In 2015, Brandy Burgess and her daughter got too close to this bison to snap a selfie. Moments later, it attacked, tossing and flipping her in the air. It was the most frightening experience I have been through in my life to date. She survived with only minor injuries, but this is all that was left of her clothes. 
you know, when you, when you watch that, you think, how many, how many people have to be chased by a buffalo, tossed by a buffalo, killed by a buffalo before you go, maybe getting out of your car and getting close to buffalo are just not a good idea. You know, again, take what other people are teaching you by their failures and let God serve that to wisdom in your own heart and mind. You don't have to make every mistake yourself. Paul said, these things that you read about with the Israelites, these failures that you read about, they're written down as an example to warn us. Amen? Amen. Let me give you a second way that you can really help yourself when it comes to the thing of temptation. That is, know yourself well enough to protect yourself. Know yourself well enough to protect yourself. Um, when I was working on the message, one of the things I thought about is how we are often our own worst enemy. And sometimes, you know, we don't even need the enemy's help to get too close to danger. We, you know, we're, we're the ones, it's not about being overcome as much as we are just simply surrendering to the process. Um, it reminded me, I started laughing, I was thinking about a... Uh, uh, an article I'd read some time ago about a boxer uh, many years ago at LSU. Uh, his name was C.J. Blaylock. They called him Big Boy Blaylock. He was uh, like six foot six. He was a heavyweight boxer, big, big, big guy. And uh, he was just knocking guys out, I mean, in, in this college boxing. And uh, he, he, had a, he was by, fighting a guy from Mississippi State. And the guy from Mississippi State was a lot shorter, and, but he was real stocky built. But he, they, they, were, they were slugging it out. And, and big boy Blaylock just got tired uh, of messing with this guy and just wanted to lay him out. And so he just, he winds back and he just comes around with a big roundhouse. He's just going to knock this guy out. Well, rather than jumping away, this guy steps toward Blaylock. And when he did, Blaylock's arm hit him right here in the head, right at the elbow, and his arm wrapped around the guy's head, and he punched himself in the head. And the article says, Blaylock stumbled back, grabbed the ropes, went almost all the way around the ring until he finally fell to the canvas unconscious. He knocked himself out. Well, I started laughing because I thought, this is what we do. Look at me. How well do you know yourself? Are you aware of how the enemy is going to come at you? Yeah, I put on your outline I, th three things that we really need to know about ourselves. One is, what kind of temptation are you susceptible to? Do you know? Now, temptation is different for all of us. You know, for, for some of us, it's, it's, it's food. For some of us, it's alcohol. For some of us, it's drugs. For some of us, it's gambling. You know, for some of us, it's the temptation to gossip. For some of us, it's the temptation to let our anger get in control. Um, I was talking to a woman some years ago Ed, who was telling me about, she had this, uh, she had an, uh, her addiction was online shopping. And uh, she was talking about the fact that whenever she would get online, if she went to Amazon, she said, I just kept seeing things that I didn't need, but I wanted them. And she goes, I would, I would order. She goes, I've got in my house, she goes, I've got lots and lots of unopened boxes of stuff I have bought from Amazon that I haven't even opened because I don't need it. She was just, it was just something about that feeling gave her of doing it on, online. And it's like, do you know yourself well, well enough to say, maybe I shouldn't get on Amazon? Or maybe I shouldn't do it without my spouse right there to help me to make sure I didn't buy anything. Do you know yourself? Do you know what your temptations are? Um, if you know where the enemy, now look at me, just hear my heart. You have an Achilles heel. 
whether you want to admit it or not, you have an Achilles heel. You will have a place of vulnerability. The enemy knows it. Do you? The second thought I'd give to you is about that is when do you find yourself most vulnerable? When do you find yourself most vulnerable? And a couple of thoughts I'd give you, some of the conversations I've had, some of the things I've read have talked about the fact that some of us, some of us become more vulnerable when we're tired. Um, some of us become more vulnerable when we're under stress. Um, for those of us, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but you know, when, when, for those of us who, who struggle with eating addictions, you know, and that's our, that's our drug of choice. We just eat when we get under stress. And, uh, you know, for those of us who, who, who and you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. We, you know, we go home and, and we're under stress and everybody goes to bed and then we get out that entire box of cookies and we eat the whole box, you know, or, or we eat the entire bag of chips and somehow, you know, we're medicating this pain inside. But we, but we know when, when does that happen? It's under stress because if you don't, if you don't know when you're more susceptible, uh, again, you're more likely to just kind of fall into that. You need to be, need to be aware. Let me give you a third one, and this may hurt a little bit. But with whom are you most likely to make bad decisions? With whom? Come on, it's just us. How many of you have had people in your life and you can say, you know what, whenever I was around them, I did not make good choices? Anybody? Yeah. And, and, and you, we need to be able to be honest about that. And the hard thing is sometimes, sometimes there are people that we like. And we like to be around them, but we shouldn't be around them because they do things or lead us down paths that we shouldn't be on. Um, I put the statement, you know, the, let me look at the passage of Scripture first. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Read it out loud with me. Don't let anyone fool you. Bad people can make those who want to live good become bad. Some of us have experienced that. That's why I put this statement. I know this sounds harsh, but I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Friends who lead you away from God are not your friends. I'm going to say that again. Friends who lead you away from God are not your friends. Now, again, I'm not telling you don't be friends with people who are far from God because we are friends, hopefully, with people who are far from God so that we can lead them to God. But you need to know who's in control of that relationship. And we need to be honest about the fact that there are some people that when I'm around them, they are toxic to my faith. And I need to be able to have the strength to say, I'm sorry, but I can't be with you. Let me give you a third one. Flee temptation. Don't flirt with it. Flee temptation. Don't flirt with it. You know, I opened with that story about the guy with the bakery, and I think that's somehow how some of us deal with temptation. We just kind of keep driving around the block and around the block and around the block until we're finally overcome. Um, and, and that's why it's important for us to, to, when we see the temptation coming or we feel the temptation coming, to, to flee. Again, go back to the scripture where Paul said, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. Read it with me. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. And I put this statement in your outline. God will show you the door, but you have to leave. God will show you the door, but you have to leave. And that's the 
personal part of our responsibility in this journey of faith. When God gives us the wisdom and he points to the door, we need to be strong enough to take the exit. Now, here's the deal. Come on, let's just be honest. Why is it so important to, 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 to flee? Because when we don't flee temptation, the longer we hang around temptation, the weaker we become. The longer we hang around temptation, the more reasons we give ourselves why it's probably okay for me to go ahead and do this. And the longer we hang around temptation, you know what? The more dangerous it is. I, I love the, uh, this is one of my, my favorite Bible scholars, Snoopy. Throw that up on the screen. Snoopy says, flee temptation and don't leave affording address. That's great words of advice. Flee temptation and don't leave for affording address. I want, to give you, I want to give you an illustration because a lot of times when we, when we talk about um, temptation, we, we kind of talk about it in fun terms. Um, but I, I want to go back to this idea that you have to understand. The enemy's goal is to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what Jesus said. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And temptation, even if nothing else at the beginning, he's trying to get you on a path that ultimately leads to your destruction. And, and I, I read an article that I just thought it was so good. This is just a perfect example of that. Throw that picture up on the screen for me. Anybody know what that is? Yeah, that's a, that's a turtle. Yeah, I keep adding, that, that's a scary turtle, actually. That's a, that is an alligator snapping turtle. Uh, they're mostly in southeast uh, part of the United States in freshwater. Um, they get up to 250 pounds. That's a turtle you can ride to school. I mean, that's a, that's a big turtle. But you don't want, these things, are, these things are really nasty. I mean, they've been known to eat small alligators. I mean, they're, they're, uh, they're just vicious kind of animals. But they have a real interesting way of the way that they catch most of their, their prey. Throw that next picture up. This is the inside of the mouth of the snapping turtle. And one on that, on the tongue, this is on the top of his tongue, you see that pink thing? What's that pink thing look like? It looks like a worm. Yeah. You know what these dudes do? They, they get on the bottom of the, of the rivers or the fresh water that they're in, and they lay there with their mouths open, and that little appendage that's on their tongue moves around in the water like it's a worm. And so what do fish do? They see that, and they go, oh, you know, it's a worm, you know, and so the, the fish will come, come get the worm, and when it goes in to get the worm, what does the turtle do? Eats it. Now, I want you to hold this picture in your mind because when you're being tempted, that's the picture, gang. It may look appetizing. It may look like it's something you want. It may look like something that'll feel good. It may look like something that, that you think would be okay. But I promise you, the enemy's goal is to gobble you up. Flee temptation. Don't flirt with it. Let me give you one last thought. Don't fight alone. Don't fight alone. No matter how strong you are, you're not strong enough. Jesus, Paul said in the scripture that we read, he said, if you think you're standing strong, be careful. Be careful. Say those words with me. Be careful. Now, 
how do we prepare ourselves? If we're being tempted, how, how can we stand and not stand alone? I want to give you uh, on somewhere, maybe on the side if you're a note taker, you can put these. I want to give you three Ps that you can put on there of things that will help you not stand by yourself when you're dealing with temptation. Don't worry, I won't charge anything extra for this, okay? Three, three Ps. Here's the first one, prayer. Prayer. You, do you realize how hard it is to listen to the devil when you're talking to God? Remember the scripture? What does it say? Draw near to God, and what will God do? He'll draw near to you. Resist the enemy, and what will he do? He will flee. Devil doesn't want any part of your conversation with God. So when you find yourself being tempted, I would encourage you not just pray. I would encourage some of us who maybe have a hard time thinking on our feet to, to actually memorize a couple of prayers that we can actually use in that time of temptation where we're crying out to God. Maybe even just a part of the Lord's Prayer where Jesus said, Lord, don't lead me into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Lord, I'm facing evil. Could you deliver me just now? Prayer. A second P, promises of God promises of God. When asked the question in, in, leader, in Discipleship Journal about how do you overcome temptation, a, a majority of the people responded by saying, when I start feeling myself being tempted, I go back to the scriptures that I know. And, and I thought, boy, how pertinent is that for, for us when we're being tempted to have those promises of God close at hand, either carrying them on a card or having them in our heart where we can bring them back up to our mind. Do you notice again, when Jesus was being tempted in Luke chapter 4, when he was being tempted, every time the enemy tempted him, he responded with Scripture. That's why it's so important to put these, these things in our heart. So when the enemy comes and says, you know you want this, and we can say, no, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. I don't need to do this. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus my Lord. I don't have to, I don't have to do this. Lord, you are a strong tower that I can run to. We, 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 we lean into the Lord with prayer. We lean in by, the, by claiming those promises of God. And the third, a partner. A partner. Who, who can help hold you accountable to the person that you want to be? I loved, there was a, a coach, I think it was the University of Colorado coach, um, football coach, who was asked the question with, with social media, you know, how do you, how do you keep, keep your guys in line? Everybody's getting on social media and doing all this. How do, how do you keep your players in line with all of that? And I, th I thought this coach was just genius. He said, he goes, well, he goes, every day, he goes, I check the personal accounts of a few of my players. He goes, and I just rotate. I just go a few every day. And he said, any of their social media accounts where I read something that's derogatory or I find something that's objectionable uh, or something that's inappropriate, he said, anytime I do that, I copy it and I send it to their mothers. <laughs> I thought, that is genius. <laughs> That is absolute genius. But what's he doing? He said, I'm going to hold these players accountable to being the men that they say they want to be. And not just somebody who's going to hold you accountable. Who's a person in your life that you can trust, that you can lean into, that when you're struggling, you can call? And you can say, you know what, I'm walking through a difficult time, I'm under stress, I'm feeling tempted to want to engage in behavior that I shouldn't do. Would you pray with me that God would give me the strength? And it's so unbelievable how you take power out of that moment just by letting someone else in and letting them share it with you. Um, I love when I, was, when I was thinking about these things and I, I, I thought of, of the scripture from Ecclesiastes 4 that I just think is so cool. Read it with me, church. 
A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And I want to say to you, when we commit ourselves that when we face temptation, we're going to pray, we're going to claim the promises, and we're going to turn to a partner, that becomes the three-braided cord that can keep us strong in our walk of faith. Amen. Rachel's going to lead us in a song in, in just a moment. and It's just an old chorus that says, Spirit of the living God. Fall fresh on me. And I want you to just let that be your prayer today. I, I, I have no idea what struggles you may be going through. have no idea what temptations you may face in your life. Here's what I know. We all face them. Me, Wanda, you, everybody. It's a part of this journey here on earth. But God has promised us that we can be overcomers. That we really can live the victorious life. And this morning, I just invite you to just lay your vulnerabilities before God and say, Lord, I know these are my weaknesses. I know, I know that these are my places of struggle. Father, I want to live a victorious life. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to claim that three chords braid that's going to keep me strong as I face temptation. Help me to be the man or woman of God that you've called me to be world we will face temptation you did when you were here so we know we will as well but father you overcame the enemy came at you again and again and you remained victorious and your spirit lives in us so father we pray that you would help us to live the victorious life over temptation just like you did Lord, it's not easy sometimes for us to admit the struggles of our life. I was just thinking a moment ago that the only difference between a Celebrate Recovery worship service and a church worship service is people in Celebrate Recovery know why they're there. They're admitting what's going on in their life. And Lord, we need that kind of deep felt honesty in ours. You can't heal us. You can't help us until we're honest enough to admit the struggles that we have. And so today, Lord, we come before you. We lay our vulnerabilities here at this altar in front of you. And we pray, oh God, that you would fill us afresh and new with your spirit, that you would give us power within. We pray, Lord, that you would make us wise and discerning, that, Father, that we wouldn't put ourselves in harm's way. And we pray in those moments, Lord, when the enemy comes, I pray that we'll be ready, that we'll lean into you through prayer, that will claim the promises of your word and that we will be humble enough to call a fellow brother or sister in faith and have them stand with us against the enemy. Lord, we can overcome temptation, but only by the power of your name. So Lord, it is in your precious name that we pray today. And everyone said, amen.